0: All right, guys. Who wants to make some money? Everyone. Of course, everyone wants to make some money. And the easiest way you can add a few bucks to the wallet is Denver's newest travel hack. It's called Drift Car Sharing. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at the Denver airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos and save on time and fees when you book. Or you can share your car to earn and park for free when you travel. Plus, there's no under-25 fee rule, so it's perfect for your friends who might be coming out to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car on every trip, and Drift then comes and cleans it inside and out. That's right. Even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon your arrival. Get all the info at drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. to the dnvr broncos podcast presented by strava craft coffee and i will admit i had multiple coffees after 5 p.m tonight that's one of those nights we are at 10:30, which is certainly not the latest podcast we've ever recorded but uh it was a strava craft coffee evening uh tonight and so shout out to strava for keeping us going on these
1: late night podcasts. And if you need some of that to get you through tomorrow, as I'm sure we're all going to after that game tonight, make sure you use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase.
0: Okay. That was a mess. It was a joke. It was atrocious. It was embarrassing. It was awful. Keep going. It was terrible. Abysmal. It was no good. It was abysmal. It was gross. Keep going. It was disgusting. Keep going. It was nasty.
2: It was the worst Broncos offensive performance since blank. Keep going.
0: The worst <laughs> Broncos offensive performance since I can remember. At home. When when oh, did they, they when
1: s- have they put up fewer points? When was the most recent time they put up fewer points?
0: Didn't they get shut out by the Chargers in yes, LA?
2: They did. A couple no, of at years home. <laughs> oh, at home. Oh well, I'll give you a stat. This is the fewest points they've ever scored in a primetime home game. Ever. You guys. 71 primetime home games. And New low, congratulations.
1: Here's the worst part, if that wasn't bad enough, just speaking about the offense. That was against a Kansas City Chiefs team that was awful on defense. Terrible. They gave up yards wherever you wanted yards. You could get yards, except if you were the Denver Broncos on Thursday night in Denver at home in what was a turning point game of your season.
0: Okay, so here's the main question I want to ask you guys as we try to digest this thing with the good people of Periscope and our, and our great listeners. What what was the single – who or what is at most to blame for what the Broncos did tonight? Uh, Mace, I'll start with you.
2: Who or what
0: is most at fault for what we just witnessed?
2: That's a good question. Where do you begin? Do you start with the offensive game plan, which was terrible? Do you start with the pass protection breaking down? And some of that is on Joe Flacco. Sacked eight times tonight, nine in some, including the craptacular fake punt call to start the second quarter. But some of those sacks are on Flacco. The strip sack fumble, that's on Joe Flacco. He's got to identify that pre-snap. Philip Lindsay is doing what he can. He's, he sees two guys coming in. He has to pick one. There's nothing more he can do in that scenario when you have guys pouring in like that. Joe Flacco's got to escape. He's got to get rid of it, or he's got to identify that pre-snap and make sure he's made the adjustment. This was Flacco's worst game as a Denver Bronco. So you're going Flacco. I'm going combo Flacco- Scangarello. I'm, gonna I'm not going to make you pick I'm one. I'm going to make you pick one. I'm not going with one. I think it's 50-50.
1: Here's the funny thing, Mace, is post-game, I was sitting with uh, our friend Cicel Salami waiting for Vic Fangio to come out and talk to the media, and I asked him a question. I said, who are you more disappointed with in this game? Being And I, and I picked the two guys that disappointed me the most, Joe Flacco or Rich Skangarello. And so it's exactly your point. And so boils down to those two for me as well. Scangarello It is who, when push comes to shove, who I have to put this on because the running game wasn't there. The passing game went nothing. Absolutely nothing was there. Ryan, there were still multiple times where the three of us looked at each other and said, what was that? Followed by a play where we said, what was that? Followed by a play where we said, what the was that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, there was a few choice words said uh, in the press box by many tonight as they watched that just god-awful performance from the Broncos. Uh, I I think there's three main culprits. I think you guys missed one.
2: Uh, well, I was, told, I was told to pick one. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I got it down to two.
0: You guys boiled it down to two. I'm just saying uh, you haven't mentioned one, which is the offensive line, and I definitely think if you want a finger point, they could be a, an option here, but that's, I that's
2: five. That's five
0: people. I said thing. Oh, thing or person. Thing. So you're okay. taking it as a collective, although I'm not choosing that. I just wanted yeah. it to be mentioned. was an <laughs> honorable. It, what's a, a dishonorable mention?
1: Is what it was. And a little disrespectful truth
0: for yeah, you. Yeah, some disrespectful truth on that. Um, I take Scangarello. I just, I just felt like he had no answer, and 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 that's his job. You know. Like, his jo- like, our job is to come on here and have takes. His job is to have answers for what the defense is doing. You really
1: won't like what Joe Flacco said after the game then. <laughs> you guys have no <laughs> idea how many
0: times Zach has said something along the lines of, you're not going to like what so-and-so said to me. That's what, that's
1: what Zach said that to me already three times. <laughs> and this may be the thing that you like the least. Joe Flacco said, the Chiefs did nothing that they haven't done. He said the Chiefs played their ball tonight on the defensive side of the ball. Without Chris Jones. And so you're saying that the Broncos had no answers for what they were doing. You would hope that Joe Flacco comes out and says, credit to the Chiefs on a short week. They threw so much new stuff at us. We couldn't adjust quick enough. And then it's still not an excuse that you accept, but at least you're like, okay, well— you know, it wasn't the game planning. How, how could they know? But no, Joe Flacco said they knew exactly what was coming.
0: That actually isn't my least favorite thing I've heard tonight, oh, but uh, okay. <laughs> that that ranks up there. I don't know. The reason I say that is because I don't know if it's necessarily true. Like, I, players love to say that. I don't know why. Players always love to say after something really bad, it's like, oh, it wasn't. they didn't do anything new. They didn't do anything <laughs> different. Because
2: they don't want to reveal that they were unprepared.
0: Right. Uh, Skanks just has to have something. I wanna see something. I wanna see a screen pass. One singular screen pass. Could be a bubble screen. They didn't throw they didn't throw a single bubble screen out there. They were doing nothing to try and get the ball out quick other than, you know, a couple slants, which it felt like seventy five percent of them got smacked right back into Joe Flacco's face. Comically too. And people wanna talk about Kyler Murray getting the ball knocked down.
2: Yeah. Um height is the single most overrated factor for a quarterback. And you've seen Joe Flacco at six foot six get pass after pass knocked down.
1: At least he's the only tall quarterback they've had recently. Goodness gracious! Um,
0: So I just I need to see I need to see better from Skanks. Like I just I need to see some sort of answer for your offensive line getting absolutely obliterated. You gotta have something, and the fact that they weren't able to manufacture any sort of run game. Maybe I am gonna come back to the offensive line, because how? With a team that is so dreadful stopping the run, are you able to get nothing going in the run? Okay, well, maybe now you're saying, oh, well, they're putting eight in the box. Well, then you should be able to pass the ball. But no, they're getting pressure on every single pass. It's like the offensive line looked like they were playing on skates out there tonight. Maybe there's nothing Skanks could do for that, but I would have liked to
1: see him have some sort of counterpunch.
2: Well, this offense is currently averaging 16 points a game this year.
1: Coming into tonight, it was 17.7, and that was 24th, quote-unquote, best Mm -hmm. in the league.
2: It's not working. 16 points a game, you've only surpassed 20 once. It's not working. What you're doing isn't working. The quarterback isn't working. The O-line isn't working.
1: And here's the thing. Joe Flacco has been sacked five times, many times in his career. Never once was he sacked more than six or more more than five times entering this year? Week three, the Broncos beat that sack six times. Tonight, he had six just after halftime. By the end of the third, he had broken that, and he finished the game with eight career sacks. So or, you're eight, saying eight, 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 eight game sacks. Game sacks eight so you're sacks
2: saying that in a month against Minnesota, at that rate, he might be sacked ten times.
1: Yep, could be. And I mean remember, wouldn't surprise Minnesota, me at all. Minnesota's a good defense. Yeah, got this, some,
2: Kansas City's not a good defense. This is a terrible defense. You've got the Colts next week with Darius Leonard. The Colts who, by the way, held this Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes the whole game, mines you to thirteen points. Cleveland, you should be able to do some things on them. But then you have Minnesota and Buffalo on the road back to back. I'm not This is gonna get rough and this is gonna get ugly. I think your prediction about Drew Locke playing against the Chargers in December, I think that may be right on point. I think that may be the moment it happens because by then, if, I, are the Broncos going to go three and one in the next four games? No. Okay, so that means they're four and seven or worse. <laughs> no, they're not going three <laughs> um, on the first day of December. Yep. And that may it may not be Drusember. October. It may be Drew-cember.
0: man, I thought we were going to have to wait till Drewcember. <laughs> um, yeah. They, yeah S- speaking of predictions, you predicted that that he would make his first career start. Um, you also had a, a a prediction that was wrong tonight. You said uh, after the Broncos scored their first touchdown, <laughs> well, that's the last we'll see of the offense until uh, the four minutes left in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we they never saw them.
1: <laughs> they didn't. They didn't come through <laughs> for never, me. We, we
0: never saw them again. Um, and of course, I. Missed on my bold prediction as well. At least if you're gonna go down, at least go down in flames. Oh
1: boy! At least you can you could you could call it before it actually happened. You know, take take the L before it actually happened. Like, wouldn't you call it at the end of the third? Yeah, you just you you actually there's
0: 12 minutes left in the fourth, okay. and I just said all right.
1: Yep,
2: <laughs> when they were huddling. <laughs> they're down three scores uh, in the fourth quarter, and they're huddling, oh, and they're, Mace, they're, don't they're do taking this to their <laughs> sweet time. <laughs> do, 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 don't do. get
0: me started on the urgency. There's nothing that grinds my gears more <laughs> than watching a team that is losing by three scores just act like, well, what are we going to do? I think that's and the
2: thing. They looked When they were behind like that, at least you expect them to go up-tempo, do something. At that point, when they're just taking their time, they looked so nonchalant, and it's at that for moment.
0: the
1: season.
2: Yes.
0: You want to hear the most damning thing that I heard in the locker room tonight? <laughs> and it was it was not uh, with a recorder out, so I won't put a name on it. But I asked one player, "Have you ever seen pressure like that on on the quarterback? I mean, nine sacks." And the player said, "What do you mean? That happens to our offense every week."
1: Oh.
2: oh. I was right there. I heard the same. <laughs>
1: Boy If that ain't it Ugh. What do you do? <sighs> you gotta have the Jimmies you know, and Joes, right? You,
2: yeah. Well, the Jimmys and Joes aren't on this roster Which is why it comes back to the whole thing of you have to be sellers
1: Yeah, I mean and Get rid of more Jimmies and
0: Joes yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, here's, the tr- here's the trick <laughs> Take your good players, get rid of them
2: That, what, that, player, that
1: <laughs> player's like, wait, wait, wait
2: Just wait for a few weeks down the line You're putting the white flag up on this year
1: Yeah You have to.
2: Well, you know what? And Okay, Emmanuel Sanders is the most likely player to be traded. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yep. They're not doing much with him. Remember last year the offense had some spark at times with Sanders, and then that spark died without him. Well, you have no spark with Sanders out there. What do you cling to here? Um, He doesn't appear happy. Nobody, Nobody on the offense appears happy. Joe Flacco had the same countenance when they were down three scores as he did when things were going well.
1: He has his best game in at least three weeks, and it's five catches, 60 yards. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's going to look really, really good with the Packers, though. <laughs> Packers.
2: And if you're wondering— Saints, I'd watch, too. I know I said the pa- I said the Packers are—I'm hearing, but uh, New Orleans could be in that mix as well.
0: If you're, wonder, if you're watching this on Periscope, you're wondering why we're, we have smiles on our faces, because we, we don't know what else... Rather laugh than cry. Yeah, and what else, we don't know what else to do with it at this point. And this is,
2: Yeah, this is kind of inside baseball, inside podcasting. This is a show. It needs to be entertaining. Otherwise, why would you listen? Why would you watch? We, Better to laugh than cry.
0: And, we, and we, I don't know if we'd be able to do that many of these if we weren't able to have fun with it. Um, okay. What, what about the defense? Because Shelby Harris said something that was maybe, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing, is when Patrick Mahomes leaves the game, we haven't even talked about the fact that Patrick Mahomes wasn't in this game yet. When Patrick Mahomes leaves the game, guess what? It was already over. 13 yep. points? That was plenty. That, that is damning on the offense. Here's the other thing. They ended up with 30. <laughs> they ended up with 30 points, and I realized that there was a defensive touchdown in there. Yep. But, man... When it was 13-6, I thought to myself, wow, the Broncos could win this game 20-16. to Yep. And they, they wouldn't have had a chance. Even if the offense was respectable, they probably still wouldn't have had a chance. If the offense played their best game of the season, they still would have lost by nine. Or, wait, what was it? 24? Was that their peak total so far?
2: 24 points. Okay.
0: They still would have lost by five, even if the offense had their best game of the
1: season. Even if Noah Fant could catch, they would have had, They would have lost by five. You get outscored by a Matt Moore led Chiefs team, twenty to six. Now I know one of that was a field goal when they were already in field goal well, range. Twenty nothing or 20, 20 to nothing. Yeah, th- sorry. And uh, so Matt Moore, w- when he was the leader of that team, they put up seventeen points. You scored nothing. One was on defense, so I'll, I'll even give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. A Matt Moore team outscored you. 10-0. to zero. So if you want zero. to keep breaking it down to, to, the, to the lowest to try to feel better about yourself, Matt Moore beat you 10-0. And you know what Travis Kelsey said after the game that uh, Brandon Spano pointed out to us? Was that Travis Kelsey had not played a single snap with Matt Moore until he was on the field with him, putting up 20 points to the Broncos 0.
2: Well, Matt Moore's a professional backup. What do you ask of your backup if he's a veteran? You go play four games, go two and two, don't crash the boat. That's what Matt Moore can do, and it's to his credit that he doesn't need those snaps to step in there and do a credible job running the offense. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No, not even close, and they're going to be limited going forward. The other thing that, of course, helped the Chiefs in that scenario was that defensive touchdown. So they're sitting there. They're up two scores. The Broncos' offense is inert and inept at that point. And basically, they didn't have to open the whole playbook. For the Chiefs, they were conservative. And they could afford to do it because... They called
0: one, yeah. one play that uh, no one had seen with yeah. Matt Moore in there, which was Tyree Kills,
1: I think Chris Harris Jr. called it a, cross, a crosser wheel. Chris said he had never seen a play like that, a route like that, before, and he said he doesn't think any quarter cornerback in the league could have covered it. <laughs> I mean, he might be right. Maybe. Because um, if Chris can't cover it, no one can cover it.
0: It. It. He was as close as he's ever. Uh, I, he almost just said like, "Great play." <laughs> yeah. I got beat. I was like, I was like, "Wow, I've never se- seen this before." But then he just he he had that little thing, which was <laughs> yeah. like. Not only was it a great play, (laughs) it was so great that I can't even be blamed for this. (laughs) Like it it was the it was the most perfect play ever. Right.
2: What was interesting is kind of on the record when Chris Harris Jr. was asked whether he was going to say something when everyone comes back from the weekend as a leader, and he's like, "No, it's Coach Fangio's job."
0: Yeah, Mm. it was a lot more dismissive than that too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. What I mean, what do you? What can you say? Shelby Harris was, like, incredible. He just couldn't believe what he just saw. Like, I've never seen a player just look so flabbergasted. He was just like, we got our asses kicked. I I don't know. what. Like, he just kept throwing his arms up, just being like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like, he couldn't believe that that just happened. But he also said something that, Zach, you pointed out, which was – he said, we might have gotten – what was the exact terminology? We might have gotten ahead of ourselves a little bit in how, in how good we were or something. His point was they thought they they, they – they believed, as I talked about all week, they believed that they were good again. And he admitted, yeah, we got a little ahead of
1: ourselves on that. That's exactly what he said. And this – I have a question for you guys. Is this a game that brings the Broncos back to earth or is this a game that shatters the earth? Um – because they were riding high, and they understood that if they had won this game, this podcast, this mood going forward, this is a celebration of at, at the midway point in the season that this team's in it for the playoffs.
2: Yeah, they got to be real. About I mean, what can they you aren't. imagine
0: though? If <sighs> I still believe that if Joe Flacco doesn't get strip sacked for a touchdown, that they actually end up having a real chance of winning this game. Although, again, they didn't even need those points to win. He would um, still have
2: kept getting sacked. That was the thing. Yeah, I mean, but the the O-line was still leaking pass rushers. Garrett Bowles was still but holding people.
0: Let's just live in a world where that play is perfectly blocked and it turns into a Cortland Sutton touchdown, and we're talking about a 13-13 football game. The Broncos would be one game out of first place if they won this, and the Chiefs don't have Patrick Mahomes for God knows how long. Like, We really would have been sitting here saying, "Oh my God, the Broncos might actually have a chance to win the division." Yep,
2: at eight and eight, nine and seven. It's not like they had to light the world on fire. But they weren't close. I mean, we're just talking about ifs, but they weren't close in this game.
0: Yeah, and so to answer your question, I think this uh, has a real chance of being the Earth shatterer.
1: And what does it mean? What does that mean moving forward? Realistically, because I know what it means for us and what we want to happen.
2: Again, realistically, you look at the next four games. By week in the middle of that, you're at the Colts, Cleveland at home, at the Vikings, at the Bills. What is the best you could possibly hope to do? You'd be ecstatic to go 2-2. Repeat the uh, games again. At the Colts, Cleveland at home, at Minnesota, at Buffalo. If you go 2-2, you're thrilled, right? That's the best case scenario. And you know what that gets you? 4-7 Thanksgiving weekend. You're done. You're out of it. they're already out of it. That's why the seventh loss in 2017 was when Paxton Lynch came in, the next game, when they played Oakland. So How'd that go? <laughs> it you know ended they, in tears. But, oh, really, you know really? Really? They, really? did. <laughs> <laughs> so did tonight. The they you know, beat two bad teams in the last two weeks, okay? The Chargers have no <laughs> offensive line to speak of. The Titans had one of the worst offensive game plans. Actually, I mean, the, the, the Broncos' offensive game plan, it wasn't as bad as the Titans was on Sunday. You know what? Um, it wasn't good.
0: You know what I've learned over the last couple of years what don't believe anyone who tells you there's no crying in football. <laughs> <laughs> there's been plenty of it. We
1: know that's the truth yeah. um,
0: do you, can you get Drew Locke in week eleven? Do you believe that there's any chance that the Broncos would do that in week eleven that's that is now if you haven't been paying attention, that is now the earliest that Drew Locke can play at Minnesota. Because as Zach um, researched and confirmed today, you do have to practice for two full weeks. And then at the end of the third week is the first game you can play in. So what that means now is that if the Broncos are to bring Drew Locke into practice this week, which we can only all pray that they do, then, the, then they have two full weeks. But then it's the bye week, correct? Yep. And then he wouldn't be able to come in until the week after that. But that is at Minnesota, followed by at Buffalo, which has both of you – feeling like they're not going to throw him into that gauntlet. And as much as I'm chomping at the bit and I, I'm just like, just play him already. Then I think about what we just saw from the offensive line. And I'm like, well, maybe we should not get him killed as a rookie. Well,
2: here's the thing, though. For this team, when your offensive line is playing badly, what is one thing that can help that line out? Mobile a quarterback who can, who's mobile and can take off. I don't now, think you would have gotten want, away from much tonight. I know. If, I know if you, don't, if you put Locke out there, you don't want to get in some bad habits. But this is a case where Drew Locke might be a better quarterback right now for you than Joe Flacco because he does bring that dimension. And because as a young quarterback, you're going to be telling him, okay, get the ball out quickly. Maybe you're not going to be stretching the field vertically. But get the ball out fast, make a quick read, move on to the next play.
0: Quickly, before I ask you guys another Drew Lock question, shout-out to Breckenridge Beer. I think we could all go <laughs> oh, for buddy. a couple of those. Well, we did have a couple before the game, um, like a respectable pre-work amount <laughs> at the tailgate, uh, which was the best one so far. Oh. Uh, not Not any knock on the previous ones, but it was popping. There was tons of people. Uh, again we had multiple countries represented Uh, we had multiple states represented of listeners Um, so so shout out to
1: everyone that uh, came out and helped and helped make that a really really fun tailgate these are only getting better they're only getting more fun and i know the season didn't go the way we wanted it to tonight and especially for you guys but these
2: are can't miss moving forward well the way the season is going the tailgate's the best part of the day right <laughs> exactly so and
0: i am g- very experienced in that as a cu fan <laughs> and you know what
2: if you don't have a ticket for the game you know what that's okay just come out and enjoy the party
1: yeah
0: yeah sell your tickets to the game just come to the party <laughs> yeah uh but yeah shout out to breck bruce for uh making it an, an awesome tailgate and I'm sure there are some people at the tailgate who are um, using some of the products from Green Solution. <laughs> and the Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now and go to mygreensolution.com. Order anything you could need from flour to concentrates to edibles to topicals. And then head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. And then you use the code dnvr 20 and you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. You know, everyone copes in different ways. Maybe you want the Breck (laughs) Brews. Maybe you
1: want the green solution. And and it is a solution. It could be a solution to your problem. It absolutely could be. And, Ryan, pondering your question, the only hope that I have for the Broncos bringing Drew Locke back in Week 11 in Minnesota is that the bye week is right before it. That gives me a slight sliver of hope. But, here's the thing, guys, is I'm hearing that Drew Locke coming back is no certainty. Even after tonight's game, I talked to a source and they said, Drew Locke may not be coming back. He especially may not be coming back as soon as people think. And that's something that we can't lose sight of. Yeah, That is not good.
0: Because what can you possibly... Draw what can you possibly be looking for in a season where we just said their best scenario through 11 games is four and seven? What can you possibly be looking for in the rest of that season? Other than
1: can Drew Locke show us a little something? I have a serious question for you. We detailed where the division's at, the Chiefs may float around 500 for, for many weeks. Until Patrick Mahomes comes back, and that's kind of best case scenario for the Chiefs. Is Patrick Mahomes is only out a few weeks? The Raiders could easily come back to earth. What if the division's at five hundred when the Broncos are what four and seven? We said, and uh, could John realistically think we're only a five game winning streak away from? A... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Cursed. I'm not making a case for this. My question to you is: Could that be the mindset? Of the organization
2: it could be but it shouldn't be again this organization needs to take a real long and earnest look at where it is on the football side i think vic fangio is right there i think he gets it he's he under- the
1: most realistic man in the organization
0: right. about it totally agree a-
1: and this
0: is a, a, an interesting conversation to have now especially after the debate we had all week about winning versus tanking uh let me be clear I still think it is positive for the Broncos to win games. I think it's important for them to win games. But you have to—you still try to do that. You do it with Drew Locke. Bar none, no discussion. In fact, I think it's ridiculous that he was even on IR in the first place and he's not playing next week. Because at this point, every person here can unequivocally agree that Joe Flacco ain't it he's, not and he's the, never going to be,
2: not the right guy. No, so. not the right right guy for what the Broncos have on this roster, the protection they can give him. He's not going to be the guy that gets you out of it. And you know they say, oh, he's a winner. We heard that. Last four years, teams that started Joe Flacco, the record is 26 and 32. Where's the winning? He doesn't look like a win, like a quote unquote winner. He certainly doesn't look like he's in his prime. He looks the way he did the last four years. He's not turning back the clock to what he was in the Gary Kubiak offense in 2014 in Baltimore. He is who he is. He is who he has been for the last four years. That's a guy who can start, can be capable, can make some plays, but he's a lower-middle-tier quarterback, and if your starter is lower-middle-tier, you're looking for somebody else.
1: If he's got a great team around him, he can be serviceable. He, he can lead that great team as far as the great team wants to take him, not as far as Joe Flacco wants to take him. But here's a question, guys. Could this loss, in the fashion it happened, in the time that it happened, with all the hope built up at home, of course you never won it, but it's as bad as it can be, can it be a good thing? Can it be the reality check to the entire organization of, whoa, you
2: just got rolled at home by a team that was without Chris Jones, a team that was without Kendall Fuller, the left side of its offensive line, Sammy Watkins, and oh, for two and a half quarters, was without the league MVP. And that team just came in and eviscerated you, made you its own personal hand puppet in the parlance of the cook at the diner on Seinfeld back in the day. Yeah, what yeah. are you clinging to?
0: Yeah, the, how, you'll, if you couldn't beat them tonight, forget beat them. If you couldn't compete with them tonight, right.
2: then win. It was over in the third quarter. The People, people were leaving the stadium before the end of the fourth quarter. Or end of the third quarter. Uh-huh. Pardon me, I'm so riled up about this. Fifteen minutes to go. People are leaving. By the end of the game, it was mostly Chiefs fans left in the stands.
1: There was cheering at the end of the game, and it was weird.
2: Tomahawk it was
1: chopped. chopped.
2: It was Chiefs fans. Rattling around this stadium.
1: All right. One thing I want to do is get these uh,
0: listeners on Periscope involved a little bit. Yes. So we got a you lot wanna, of good yeah, comments. you want to uh, read us a few questions that are on there?
2: Yes, and we appreciate all of you checking in. Holy cow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> all right. We're not going to get to all of them, but no. we will get to a few. Okay. Here's one from Tony Gallo Sports. Vaughn's the best vet on the team, but not a vocal leader. Needs someone to step up.
0: Who is the vocal leader?
2: Well, you'd like it to be a Chris Harris Jr. But he said... The the silence (laughs) that happened just there with (laughs) me. Exactly. He said, well, that's Vic Fangio's job to get up and address the team. And Chris could easily be a guy that's traded. It's not Joe Flacco. Where's the vocal fire coming from him?
0: No, there is none, and that's another reason why you got to play Drew Locke. At least the guy has some juice. Yeah. Who's the vocal leaders on this team? There aren't any, because uh, not Shelby Harris, but that veteran mentality has silenced the only candidates, which are Philip Lindsay
1: and Don Riser, and could be Bradley Chubb on the defensive side. But not only is he just a second-year guy, he's now out. Was he here at the game? Yeah, I didn't
2: see him. Either. He might have been uh, back inside somewhere. I mean, if he, I mean, he's going to have surgery. He's had surgery, right? Yep. yep. When he's had surgery, he's going to be laid up. Right. So it, it might be tough for him to to be at a stadium for that long and uh, be uncomfortable. That's fair enough. All right. This one from Desert Scope: Best players have to play big.
0: Yeah.
2: Best players and bad players played small tonight.
0: Yep. Let's try and stick to some some questions. Yes.
2: All right. Let's see questions here. <laughs> Who's waiting for Elway to jump into politics? <laughs> Again, from Tony, uh, from Tony Gallo Sports. Uh, this one from Jake Marsing. It's not a question, but a good statement. You could see hey, this Jake? coming years ago, boys, and great hearing from you, Jake. No long-term plan, no talent on this roster. I wouldn't oh. say there's no talent, but there's building left to do.
0: When Vance Joseph uh, was fired from this team, he told um, some people in private that he didn't believe, believe John Elway had a plan. And sadly enough, um, while I do, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. I'm sure John Elway has a plan. There hasn't been a ten thousand foot view from this front office, and it continues to rear its ugly head. I and I feel like I've written this story over and over again since the end of the Peyton Manning era. It's just that this short, the trying to look, you know, and just. And one week at a time, like, that's a player mentality. That's a coach mentality maybe even. The front office cannot have the one game at a time mentality. They need to be uh, years ahead of time, and, and it clearly hasn't been the case. Well,
2: what was here. interesting is that a couple of weeks ago when they were sitting at 0-4, Emmanuel Sanders sounded like the GM and John Elway sounded like the coach or player. Focused on one game, and Sanders was looking at the big picture. And I think John Elway, some of the mistakes he's made resemble the mistakes made by Mike Shanahan in the last years that he was on the job as head coach and That's executive actually. vice president of football operations. making the, he, you know, We've often said Mike Shanahan, the GM, failed Mike Shanahan, the coach.
1: Here's the thing, John. You can show that you have a plan, even if you don't have a plan. You can show that you have a plan by bringing Drew Locke in as soon as you can, and sadly enough, it's now pushed back two weeks with the bye week in there, but one game it's pushed back now that you didn't practice Drew Locke this week. But bring him out, show that there's a plan, and then there kind of is a plan, because then you're figuring out, do I already have the most important position in sports figured out with Drew Locke, or do I need to go make a plan this offseason season? To go get one and hopefully it's not the cam newton uh, eli manning washed up veteran quarterback route hopefully it's the let's go put all of our resources into finding out what quarterback we want in the draft can we wait for him wherever we're sitting do we need to go trade 15 first round draft picks in order to get him but that's the plan that needs that this organization needs to put all of their attention on now all right mace give us two more good ones
2: all right two more good ones okay we want a question. Or we want a comment. Question. All right. Well, there's three question marks on this.
1: <laughs> this one from
2: MK Claude VS. Fan is just terrible too. How is that possible? Three question marks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a statement. Um, a statement followed by a question. Uh, we saw this problem in training camp, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast back then but there was a a bit of a red flag with Noah Fant and it's that he doesn't read the football well in the air and it's it's a very essential it's a very essential skill
1: <laughs> when you say it like that yeah, it's, it's just like, like man baseball. Uh,
0: like how but it, it's really true um i've seen it now five times in football games and i saw it many times throughout training camp when the ball is in the air he just he's not Great at knowing where it's going to end up. And that cost him three different times tonight. Actually, one was just a straight drop. Two times, he wasn't able to get himself under the football. And that's something that he's going to have to learn. And it's instinctual, which is a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. Because there's no guarantees that he just learns that one day. Um, But I think the Broncos could start and help him a little bit by getting him some easy catches earlier in the game. Um, he Closer. didn't, yes,
2: screen game. Yes. Where, Get, bubble screen to Noah Fant. Where's that?
0: Give him some catches early. I think that'll just help his confidence a little bit, but they've got a big project ahead of them in terms of teaching Noah Fant how to read footballs. I don't know what the trick is. Uh, I don't know if there's some, you know, uh, ideologies out there on how you can teach a guy to read the ball, but he's not good at it.
1: Noah, and I'm at the point where I'm worried. I'm not calling him a bust. I completely understand that rookie tight ends take a long time to develop. In fact, they could take years to develop. I love Noah Fant's skill set. He's a fantastic athlete. But now I am at the point where I'm worried because tracking the ball is kind of key to catch the ball. And I'm worried about him being able to develop that and him having that skill set.
2: Well, the best way to get confidence in him to develop that skill set is to boost him up a little bit, give him things that he can do well, allow him to focus on his strengths and then build out from that Colorado core, as it were, (laughs) his core competencies. You like him short, short area stuff. You like him in the screen game, getting into space. Do that sort of thing and then start pushing him down field bit by bit. Keep expanding what's in front of him and building out of that core.
0: And do more things where you throw the ball at him, not to not him. You him know, know what I'm meet. saying? Make him meet at his spot. <laughs> right. Like th- throw it at his chest.
2: I mean Joe do Flacco is where you throw
0: it at his chest. Yeah, and Joe
2: Flacco's culpable in it as well because those throws could have been in, in better places a lot of the time. Like I mean he had one that he dropped and he had to dive for that again. If Flacco plays a little better, he's got a better shot. But still, a first-round pick should catch that football. You want to do one more?
1: One more. All right, really, really quick. We can bring this to the girlfriend thing. Don't, don't meet a girl at a place. Just go straight to her house. <laughs> yes, you know? it, go it, pick it, her it, up. It's, it's easier. It's easier like that. And really quick, one more thing on Noah Fant. Man, when he had the alligator arms, mm. if he stays in there, let's say he catches the ball and gets laid out. His teammates are going, wow, that dude's that dude's the real deal and makes up for, for a lot of the things that have happened recently. If he lays out and drops the ball and gets hit, his teammates are thinking the same thing. What happens if he lays out, gets hit, drops the ball, and gets a, a, a defenseless receiver penalty thrown? Just try, try, especially when you're a rookie. The, uh, the out, that was probably the best throw that
0: Joe Flacco's had all season.
1: Yeah, It was, it was incredible.
0: Over the linebacker, under the safety, triple coverage, and it could not have hit him in a better place on the ground. Anyway,
2: <laughs> Fantasy Goofballer, last question. Why didn't Sutton get more second-half targets? I believe only two after a very effective first half.
0: Well, there was a thing happening where every time Joe Flacco dropped back, he was getting crushed. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they had, you know, maybe five of the nine sacks were designed to go to
1: Cortland Sutton, but – there no was just no way to get him the ball. It's and, crazy. And here's a, there's a reason why we all three put everything, not everything, but, but we put the most on Rich Gangarello. is because we didn't like anything that happened in the game. We didn't like anything that the Broncos had coming in. We didn't like anything that happened during the game. We didn't like any of the adjustments. And a lot of that is it, they didn't get the ball to their one playmaker that worked today.
2: There was one comment that suggested is Gangrello on the hot seat. I'm not going to say that. No, definitely not.
0: But he's um, he's in the evaluation chair.
2: They have to show progress over it's the next. Not as nine bad games. as the hot seat. Yeah, they have to show progress over the next nine games.
0: All right. Um. Well, Rich Gangrello needs to bounce back, and something that can help you bounce back is rubber. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Denver Rubber Company. You guys know that supporting local businesses in our blood, and Denver Rubber Company is tried and true since 1972. They're a reliable partner for all of your long-term projects. Uh, They've provided the highest quality of products, from custom die-cut gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. They offer innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical construction, medical, military, electronics, and so much more. They're an ISO-certified company that will work with you from design to the final product that is both cost-effective and will meet your requirements. If you're in need of a custom design, material selection for your next product, or if you have a deadline to make for a large order, do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or go to drcfirst.com backslash dnvr. That's Denver Rubber Company, tried and true since
1: 1972. I have a question question for you guys. Please lay it on. Well... Can you please comment on the Periscope? And then <laughs> we'll see if we can get to your question. Maybe four exclamation marks and question marks will do it. But what would you guys think of the two-point conversion? Oh, this uh, is, I, this, there's layers to this.
2: <laughs> nice idea. Didn't like the personnel. It's not Philip Lindsay's bailiwick on a run like that.
1: You mean right after you just punched Royce Freeman in the end zone?
2: That's a
0: word of the day. A what now?
1: A
2: bally- bailiwick? Bailiwick. Bailiwick oh i thought something I, in which you specialize and
1: i was picturing a hairy belly like a belly
2: ballywick b-a-i-l-i-w-y-c-k and what's it mean or is it b-a-i-l b-a-i or That's ly i'm sorry
0: yeah anyways word of the day uh your wheelhouse
2: that's another way of putting it okay all right
0: all right thanks for that yeah
2: you're like speak english yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too late you know i don't speak spanish baxter um <laughs> oh baxter you cut to my core <laughs> are either of you miniature buddhas covered in fur <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: look de- on zach's face i'm so glad that was on periscope
1: <laughs> i'm definitely not covered in fur i can answer that part <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay um good i uh, i like the idea i like the idea of being aggressive it did kind of feel like a college team that's playing like a team that's just way better than them, and they're like, "Well, we got in the end zone. We might as try and try and might as well try and get eight here." If you're gonna yep. do
2: it, I want you to do it every game, though. Well, like it, Pittsburgh did for a while, always going for two after the first touchdown. Be consistent. I say and go for on it
0: every time. Well, um, in
2: theory, you should go for two every time because. Overall, historically, there's a 54% chance of converting that two-point conversion. There's a 94% chance of getting the PAT. So in theory, if you went for two every time, you would end up with more points.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why I say go for two every time. Here's the thing. It was a good idea. Um, In the end, Vic Fangio was correct in the fact that they weren't going to score very many more points, so you might as well take your chance to get one more at that moment. The play call was atrocious. If you were going to do that, again, Rich Gangarello you got to have a play, like a good play, a, something that a, has a little bit of pizzazz to it. The you know fake motion, run it up the middle. If you're running up the middle, Andy Janovich better be in the football game. Right. But don't run it up the middle. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, do the Philly special for all I care. Mm-hmm. Do something yeah. that has a little bit of zig and zag to it.
2: You know who might have a better chance with that sort of play? Drew Locke.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he can actually get outside of the pocket.
1: And, Ryan, maybe this was the my, the least favorite thing that Vic Fangio said that, that you will like. Was. That you won't like. He uh, talked about how there's a, a high percent chance when you go for it on two, especially when you're at the one-yard line. Like, the analytics told him to do that. And then he followed that up by saying, I think the two-point play needs to be ignored until the fourth quarter. My guy. If you think that... (laughs) You're the head coach. You're
2: responsible for that decision. Yes. Then don't do it.
0: Zach, you know this, and and Mace, you've you've probably heard me say it before. I'm a very firm believer that a coach needs to have a strict set of philosophies that they set from day one and they never waver from. And if Vic Fangio's philosophy wants to be never go for two until the fourth quarter,
2: okay. And that's why the two-point conversion chart exists Goes back to Dick Vermeil a long time ago when he was coaching college football back at UCLA before he went to the Philadelphia Eagles. Came up with the chart so that way there was no thinking about oh do we go for two or do we go for one. You look at the chart oh okay we're down you know we're down 24 six with, we're down we're down sixteen in the fourth quarter. Well we go for two to right. get within fourteen right and it's clear you just look at that you know what you're doing and say okay. Here's the play, go run it. And you're not thinking about it. You've, ta- you've made the decision already. You're running it just like another play. And that's part of your preparation. That's something that I, mean, I think Vic Fangio is learning on the job, although I did see something really interesting during the broadcast. I guess he's the third oldest coach at the time of his first hire mm-hmm. as a head coach mm-hmm. in NFL history. And um, gosh, I forget the other names on there. One of them was Rod Rust, and he went 1-15 his only season. Bud something? Bud Wilkinson with the St. There Louis Cardinals in 1978. Now, Bud is a college football Hall of Famer, a legend at the University of Oklahoma. Of course, of course. Right, right. Yeah, I remember those He days. had not coached in, I believe, 15 years. Oh, my God. He'd been <laughs> broadcasting when they the Bidwills bid brought him out of retirement in 1978 to replace Don Correale and they went 6-10 and ten after going 7-7 seven and seven the year before, and then he got fired midway through his second year. I'm not saying that Vic Fangio is going to work out like Bud Wilkinson or Rod Rust, but...
0: How old a, is uh, Bud Wilkinson?
2: Bud was, I believe Bud was 61 or 62.
0: How old did that make him now? Well, he's he keeps, dead. I was going to say, I he keeps saying, just saying just once. <laughs> just answer the question. <laughs> and Rod,
2: Rod Rust just died within <laughs> the last couple of so years. He was,
0: so he's, he'd be in his hundreds?
2: Yes, because he was born, I believe, maybe. in like 1916, something like that.
0: All right, well, Bud Wilkinson might have a better chance of blocking people on the right oh side my than Elijah <laughs> Wilkinson.
2: <God. laughs> Bud Wilkinson's been dead, I think, for 25 years uh. ago.
1: <laughs> And then Ryan? How did we get here? I don't know. Vic <laughs> Fangio added something else, just a cherry on top to that. He said, if I'm in that situation, I may not do it again. And so Lesson it's just, learned, it's I just guess. It's showing you that... Like he, here, doesn't, he's, he doesn't have the plan that you have. Here's, your, like, here's a philosophy.
0: If they ever jump off sides, we always go for it from the one. I would love that. You know Instill again, I, I've always said this: instill a, a, uh, a mindset in your players that they know what's coming. You know, if you say, "Hey, every time we cross a 50, if we have fourth and one, we're going for it." And then the players, they don't even look to the sideline to see what you're doing. They just line up and they go punch someone in the mouth. Establish your philosophy. Establish the way that you do things, and pound it into your players' heads so they know that that's the way that they do things. This flip-floppy, you know. Uh, I said this to you. They go for two early. Cool. That's aggressive. They they fake punted. When I look, I turned to you before yeah, the play, and I said, "This did. is actually a prime spot for a fake punt." You called it. And I loved that, other than the execution. <laughs> but then you had a fourth and one on the other side of the fifty. Just a few minutes later, and you didn't go for it. Right? If you're if you're gonna play aggressive today, don't get cold feet because the first two times didn't work. You got to keep going because eventually, sort of like this two point conversions, right. it evens itself out. You're going to be rewarded for your aggression eventually. But it's something I saw from Vance Joseph that I hated. Don't get don't get confused. If you're being aggressive, go be aggressive that day. If you're gonna be conservative, be conservative. But it's like you know, if you're gonna play a slot machine. Play the same one. Right. Keep putting those quarters in. It's stupid as heck, but you know what? <laughs> Keep playing because eventually you might hit that jackpot.
1: You put a quarter here, a quarter there, a quarter this place, a quarter that place, you have no chance of winning. Guys, here's another thing about that first drive. Seemed like a perfect first drive before that two-point conversion. It could have been a lot, a lot worse this game. It could, the Broncos could have easily had zero points at the end of this game. How many were there there were at three.
2: least two penalties two, okay. two penalties on, on third, third down, down that
1: the Broncos did not get the first down. I know one of them was the the first one I believe was a face mask on Deontay Spencer. That would have been three and out. And he was that he they did not Play need was to over. The, yeah. they did not need to do the he face. He was gonna mask. run out of bounds on his own. Exactly. And the other one, maybe it was a little more consequential. In the play, it was like a holding, but early in the defensive play, right? Holding, but yeah. Pretty early in the play, so I'll give it to them. But if the Chiefs don't make either of those penalties, or just one of them, the Broncos don't get in the end zone, and maybe the whole game changes, and the Broncos end up putting thirty on the board. But let's say the whole game plays out the way it did, thirty to zero is what the game is. If the Chiefs don't make those penalties on the first on the first drive,
2: well. <laughs> You remember back in November of 2015, I believe it was 29 nothing before the Broncos finally scored some points late. So this is now, what, eight in a row to Kansas City? It is. There have been some close games. And yeah. There have been some butt whoopings. It was just, a butt whooping.
0: Go ahead and just put in nine at at Arrowhead late <laughs> in the season. <laughs> nine in a row. Eight. Nine
2: times. Unless you guys Drew saw- locks in and he's balling. Hometown, going back to his... <laughs> home territory, getting the upset. You guys saw Ferris Bueller's day off, right? Yep. Yes. Nine times? Nine (laughs) times. That's where this is headed. Another loss to Kansas City, nine in a row. Could you have imagined this team dominated the Chiefs for a while with Peyton Manning won, what, seven in a row over the Chiefs? Yep. It was eight of nine, including the Tim Tebow year. So, could you, can you imagine then in 2015 at the Broncos after that thrilling win at Arrowhead in week two? Bradley Roby with the fumble recovery, scoop and score on Thursday Night Football. Could you have imagined that night that here we are, the decade is about to end, and that would be the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs? I just
0: realized what happened. Gary Kubiak and Peyton Manning and the powers that be sold their souls that <laughs> night. And, honestly, it was worth it because they got the number one seed and they won the Super Bowl.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> True. Although it goes back to the whole thing I asked Buccaneer fans. And I, I remember saying this even when the year they won the Super Bowl. Would you take them winning the Super Bowl if it co- if it meant the team was going to be terrible for the next ten years? All of them said absolutely. So here we are, Broncos fans. Won the Super Bowl in 2015. That's great. But this is now... Looking like it's destined to be the fourth consecutive year out of the playoffs, a good chance it's going to be the third consecutive losing season of that run. It w- was it worth it?
0: Yes. Uh, you. Tr- yes. you should- but it hurts right now. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Um, but I mean, you still get to say that like you've been to this, you've actually been to the Super Bowl in the last decade. <laughs> Not something that no one else in your division can say. I mean, the Chiefs have
2: Chiefs haven't been in the Super Bowl since the Beatles were together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Can you, Who were they, Mace?
2: Can you <laughs> tell me about them? Tell us about the Beatles. <laughs> um, hey, Tell me what it was like before electricity. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this may be a theme of off-season podcast. Mace, tell me what it was like when you had a kitchen that didn't have a microwave. Because we didn't get a microwave until I would think I was nine. How Mace's, did you heat up food? <laughs> what were VCRs like, Mace? Mace, is that dinosaur poop on your shoe? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he looked. made you look. <laughs> uh, Guys, I have a question. So coming into this game, You're I your was questions. I know question master today. I pulled the que- I pulled the queen. <sighs> coming into this game, I was blown away that the Broncos were only three and a half point underdogs. I thought it was going to be six, six and a half. The line, the early line came out this week that the Colts were four and a half point favorites against the Broncos next week. Not knowing what Indianapolis is going to do this week, and I don't even know who they play. What happens to that line after seeing what happened? How much? People are already hammering it Over right a now, touchdown? I guarantee it. Um, like seven and a half, or is it just under? Man, it
0: would be hard to see it go up that much. There would be a, be a ton. But there's going to be heavy money coming in on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gets to at least six and a half, I'll say.
1: Yeah. It had
0: it. It'll do that tonight. Probably. This is uh. This was a crazy. Uh, as we were standing down there on that field, with two minutes to go, I surrounded
2: realized by Chiefs I, fans, I
0: I realized I've never seen that. I've never been down there in now four years of covering the team up close and personal. I've never been down there watching another team, just knee, you know just put the finishing touches on a blowout. Like you, we've seen some bad yeah. games. I've seen, you know, I was in Philadelphia when the Broncos got just waxed by the Eagles on their road to the Super Bowl. Uh, I was at the game in LA when the Chargers shut the Broncos out. But not here. What I've about never that seen Patriots game? Pushed around like that on this field.
2: But that Patriots game 41-16 a couple of years ago on Sunday night football.
0: Must have erased that from my memory.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't remember that. I remember the sit what, sixteen to three? There's in a
2: 2016, yep. yeah. the to Tlaib-Jordan-Norwood game. Oh man! 2017 was the Isaiah McKenzie fumble down here at the north end of the field. Isaiah McKenzie fumbled? I know. Shocking, huh?
0: <laughs> He's actually making plays out there in Buffalo, so good for him.
2: Hey, that's right, and they get to go to Buffalo next month. The return of Ica- Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah's revenge. <laughs> He's going to get him. You can just if feel he it. returns a punt for a touchdown in that game... What if, Fold he fumble, the franchise? what if he fumbles one? <laughs>
0: oh, a little gift. <laughs> <laughs> predictable. I don't no, know if it, he it actually returns punts for them. I think he might just be like a, a weapon in the slot. I'm, I they know learn. we're in the
2: world of suck right now. That quote did come up again at Vic Fangio's press conference tonight.
0: Probably his best quote of the night.
2: <laughs> yes. But have we hit bottom yet? Has this team hit bottom?
0: I feel like they've hit, they're just like a bouncing ball that just keeps bouncing off. Rock bottom. So, okay. will,
1: Mike, so to build off Mace's question, will that ball bounce up again this season?
2: Against Cleveland, Because it
1: bounced up the past two weeks. They're not beating Cleveland.
2: Really? So I, I don't think they're beating any. I think the pass beat rush. don't uh, feel good
1: about Cleveland. And I know Cleveland's in a bad – my Browns are in a bad place. But <laughs> I don't I, feel good about that game.
2: with the But Browns I'm race. looking at the Colt game to start with, and I think Darius Leonard's going to eat this team alive. Why would
1: you say that? <laughs> oh, I don't know,
2: but I'm thinking of like what would be a rock bottom moment that just I don't took know you to the could. pit of misery, and that moment would be if you lose to Buffalo and Isaiah McKenzie returns a punt for a touchdown. That would be rock bottom. Uh, I mean, I think, I think
0: this is it. I, I don't know. I, I've I've seen rock bottom like twelve times over the last three years. I just right. I don't think they've been able to get up off of rock bottom.
1: I think rock Although, bottom is losing the next two and you are going into a bye week with zero hope, not knowing if Drew Locke's going to play, and you're 2-7. and And the trade deadline will have passed, so you'll know if the Broncos don't trade anyone, and then you're thinking, oh my gosh, there's no plan. That would be rock bottom, and that is not inconceivable that we see this situation fold out.
0: Yep. All right, Mace, we want to hit two more questions here before we get out of here.
2: I do, but I'll tell you, we got a lot of
0: uh I heard there's some Chiefs fans trolling in there. Yes, there's <laughs> a lot of that. Thanks thanks okay. for the news.
2: Why doesn't Vic Blitz? this one from Captain Spidey. I th- I mean <sighs> With look, Mahomes,
0: it's it's tough. And they actually did try to blitz him early and man, did he make it look easy to avoid uh those blitzes. Um he does blitz. I guess is the answer to that. He it's just on
2: Sunday. It worked great against the Titans. But then again, that's Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill, a little different than what you're dealing with the, with the chiefs offense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even with Matt Moore, there's so many weapons out there, so many places to go with the ball. It's hard to, it's damned. If you do damned, if you don't against uh, the chiefs, I think they probably could have gone after Matt Moore a little more. No pun intended, but
1: it, I don't know. It, it's tough. Listen guys, listen. Listen. Oh, you're when, flaccoing <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. When you're going up against Matt Moore, you ca- you can't bring the heat. No, yeah, I mean it was it was brutal. What
0: did Matt Moore's stats end up looking like?
2: It's an A9 passer rating, right?
0: It was uh yeah, I got it. I got oh, it right did here. you did we mention
1: Joe Flacco's uh, quarterback rating on this?
2: podcast the ESPN QBR (sighs) yeah we
1: haven't let's let's go through all the quarterbacks numbers and we'll start with Matt Moore 10 of 19 117 yards one touchdown no picks 89 passer rating 36 QBR let's go to Patrick Mahomes 10 of 11 76 yards one touchdown zero picks 125 passer rating and a 92 QBR that's off the chains what would have happened in this game If he would have stayed healthy the whole game, they lost 30 to 6. What would have happened if the Broncos didn't get the Chiefs' help on that first drive and Patrick Mahomes stays healthy? 40 40 point game, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, he was having his way. And a big reason for that was Joe Flacco 21 of 34, 213 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, eight sacks for 72 yards. A 79 passer rating? I mean, not good, certainly, but not awful. But this was awful. An 8.3 QBR.
0: Eight. You want to know something? Took more sacks than he had QBR points.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And what was the other thing that you put out? Oh, more sacks than points. You pointed that out. As many
2: sacks as first downs for Joe Flacco. Yeah, those aren't winning numbers. You know, here's something here. The Broncos had 3.1 yards per pass play, right? Well, of the 186 efforts by teams so far, of course, there have been half as many games, but this is you know, 186 efforts by teams to this date in the NFL season. 3.1 yards per pass play ranks 177th.
0: Wow, I'm surprised there was four worse <laughs> than
2: that. Well, the, the ones that were worse, um, you had Tennessee last week? Let me find it here. <laughs> no, because they had some garbage yards. Okay. So the ones that were worse, Miami against the Patriots when they lost 43-0. Okay. Cleveland against the 49ers when they lost 31-3. The Jets with Luke Falk against the Patriots. Oh, God. Uh, the Cardinals against the Panthers. That was a game where... Kyler Murray had hundred, had Never 173 yards, <laughs> but he took a lot of sacks. He got sacked eight times. Washington against New England. Um, that was the Dwayne Haskins game.
1: You know that tells me all backup quarterbacks. Or as a,
2: the Colt McCoy game. Pardon me. I think. Um, Cincinnati against Pittsburgh Not Monday <laughs> Night Football.
1: You didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Sorry.
2: And the and then another Luke Falk game, and then the Rams against the 49ers on Sunday.
1: And a Joe Flacco Broncos game. By the
2: way, the Rams had 1.7 yards per pass play against the 49ers. The Rams? God. (laughs)
1: Yes. The guy that you just paid the most guaranteed money to ever? Yeah.
0: Crazy. All right, last Periscope question. You want to get it for us? Last
2: Periscope question here. This is from uh, Goofballer again. (laughs) Quarterback, O-line, D-line, defensive back, inside linebacker. This team is two years away, right?
0: Oh man, I mean, they're, its crazy because they haven't start, They still haven't started the clock, um, and
2: so we keep trying to guide them to start the clock. We keep saying the clock should have started, but the it clocks, really hasn't. The clock, the clock starts with lock. The lock clock.
0: Um, if I, if you have him, if you see, if we see it in him, then we can say the clock has started. You are now two years away from being back in the conversation for, you know, whatever you want to say, you know, competing for Super Bowls. Um, until you have your quarterback, the, the clock
1: is stuck at zero. And that's why 100% of the resources need to be put on that, whether it's in the draft, whether it's figuring out what's going on with Drew Locke and if he's your guy. And Drew Locke helps everything. He, a quarterback helps everything. But as Mace pointed out, a mobile quarterback significantly helps your offensive line. This team, this team can hang with anyone if they've got a, a mobile, great franchise quarterback. But they
2: have to let him be mobile. They can't jam the square peg into the round hole. They have to do what Drew Locke does best.
1: Brandon Spano also pointed out something to us. He said that's what happens when you, you have a quarterback in a system that works for a quarterback and you get the right pieces there. Mm-hmm. Is Then you can just plug a backup in and uh, it plays to their strengths, and then they can go in and succeed. You're not just trying to, s- to, to jam something in that doesn't work. And the Broncos really, 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 really want this offense to work. That's a lot of reallys. Maybe I should add another one. They do. I, have I don't a know question. how
0: anyone can watch like, the Chiefs' offense and not say, like, we should be doing that. <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have a question before we go. So is this the first and last appearance of the bolo tie?
1: Oh. Hell no.
0: The bolo tie had no um, bearing on the outcome of this game, and it looks fresh as hell. So All right. okay. the bolo tie will live on. And I was actually going to say that before we, we left. I was going to say they can take the Broncos' pride, but they can't have my bolo tie. <laughs> uh, and How many
2: losses would they have to have with the bolo tie before you would abandon it? Never. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm i'm a bolo tie guy now so
1: just like that you woke up as a bolo tie guy and for, never forever. turning back
0: <laughs> oh. never turning back um the one last other thing i wanted to say um before we left is that the broncos can go to sleep tonight at least knowing that they don't employ tyree Hill.
1: yeah <laughs> that's true
0: it is true And with that, I think we're going to come to a close uh, tonight on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in on Periscope. Um, And before we leave, who wants to make some money? Everyone wants to make money, and there's a great new way that you can add a few bucks to your wallet. It's Denver's newest travel hack, and it's Drift car sharing. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at the Denver airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos and save on time and fees when you book. Or you can share your car to, or, to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under-25 fee rule, so it's perfect for your friends who are coming in to visit. Drift is awesome. You can make money. You can park for free. They clean your car. They insure your car. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that feels like it's too good to be true, but it's just not too good to be true. So make sure you head over to drivedrift.com the next time you're traveling. And make some money all right guys thanks again for tuning in and we will catch back up with you next week on the DnVR Broncos podcast it's
1: me down waiting up for you.